This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Mason, I really need a good gift for my generic loved one. Any ideas? Oh, yeah, Andrew. I have the gift they need. If you sign up for GoDaddy's Economy Blogcast Package, you'll receive 1 gig of disk space, 100 gigs of bandwidth, recording tools, and much more. Whoa, with all those features, I'd guess that kind of package will run me at least $20 a month and be plastered with ads. You're wrong, Andrew. The Blogcast Economy Package is just $4.49 a month for 12 months. That's a deal and a perfect way to get your own website, blog, or podcast started. Ooh, yeah, that is a deal. Plus... Enter code Muggle when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you to all to MuggleCast. Hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce MuggleCast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I'm not on the show this week, so uh, be prepared to fast forward through most of it. This is MuggleCast episode 139 for March 30th, 2008. Whoa! Welcome everyone, all you MuggleCast listeners. This is MuggleCast. I am Andrew Sams. Yeah! Yeah! Alright! And, uh, yeah, we, we got some other, um, other hosts on the show, and so we're just gonna pop it over. Is there, um, anyone else in here? Well, yeah. yeah! Hey! Hi! There's more than one Andrew. Yeah, this is Andrew, my, my personality cocky self. <laughs> we should have a show where everyone's Andrew. That would get confusing as hell. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> but you know, it does sound a lot like him. I, I guess. I guess. I am impressed. Oh, well, thank yeah, you. Very wow. impressed. That's, that's oh. a huge compliment. Matt. What? Oh, sorry. We thought it was Andrew. Uh, we're, you know, all of you know Andrew's not here. But the ones who are on the show, it's me. I'm Matthew Britton. I'm Laura Thompson. It's me. I'm Jamie Lawrence. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. <laughs> Jamie is here, everyone. Finally, oh, after a, a, a 17 month delay of him being on the show, he's <laughs> finally been month, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was the show going 17 months ago? I don't. It's, it's been uh, something uh, like that, hasn't it? Although, if you measured it in Blickle years, I'm sure it would have been much longer. Right, oh, Jamie? it would have been, Laura. It would have been. But Pickle Pack is on its last legs, I believe. I know. Yeah. It's going to be over very soon. It is very sad. By the way, by the way, the show, when are we ending it? Because it seems like it's going on for longer than was the original plan. I've been out of the loop so much. To answer Um, your question, I don't really know. Yeah? I I did some calculations, actually. The show's been going on for 31 months. 
31 months. Oh 31 months. That does not sound like a lot at all. No, well, it's 31 months. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's almost three years, though. Well, and that is a lot. it's interesting that you bring that up because we do actually have an announcement that we'll be getting to in a few minutes after Micah does his news. I really? Uh, pertaining to the life of the show. So we're pretty excited about oh, that. Oh, yes. Let's take it over to Micah Tannenbaum in the MogoCast newsroom. After a month of being absent, he is back. So let's go over to Micah. All right, thanks, Andrew. As many of you are well aware, J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers are involved in an ongoing lawsuit with RDR Books over a companion novel seeking publication by Harry Potter lexicon owner Steve Vanderhart. The Associated Foreign Press reported earlier this week that Joe is expected to appear in court in New York City next month. A New York Federal District Court judge ordered earlier this week that the case go to trial beginning April 14th and Rowling's presence has been requested by RDR Books. RDR lawyer David Hammer was quoted as saying, We asked for her and they said they would provide her. I would say it would be very unlikely that she would not appear. The witness list must be submitted this week by April the 4th. We will keep you posted as this story continues to develop. And on Friday, the CBS Early Show did a piece on the growing sport of Quidditch on college campuses across the country. As previously reported in USA Today, Quidditch is becoming a very popular sport among college students. And now the school that began it all, Middlebury College, is going on an eight-school tour during their spring break recess. On Friday, Middlebury was at Amherst College in Massachusetts, and that is where the CBS Early Show broadcasted from. To see video from the CBS Early Show, be sure to head over to MuggleNet.com. The Harry Potter book series has once again won favorite book at the 2008 Kids' Choice Awards. As most of you probably know, Potter has repeatedly won for the award for favorite book in past years. And finally, Nigel Newton, the chief executive of the UK Potter publisher Bloomsbury, will disclose this Tuesday that the phenomenal success of Deathly Hollows was the major factor behind an increase in annual profits from £5.2 million to more than £17 million this past year. A report by the Sunday Herald continues that Newton will claim the Potter effect will continue for years ahead as the group dips into cash reserves of more than £40 million built up from past Potter sales to promote new talent and to make further acquisitions. That's all the news for this March 30th, 2008 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Micah. Um, Micah, has been a it's been a good week of news or a slow week. Well, he's just told you. <laughs> technically. <laughs> well, yeah, but I wasn't really listening. No, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I would say when you look at it, it, it hasn't had a lot of news, but the news stories that we have had have been you know pretty big. So, first off, obviously, J.K. Rowling is reported to appear in court on April fourteenth here in New York City. And I say here because I'm 
pretty close to New York City. I don't know if that would apply to Jamie and Laura and you, but um, it's uh, she's actually supposed to be on this witness list that is being submitted by April 4th. And uh, based on this article that was put out, I think it was earlier this week, um, it's all things sort of point to her having to show up. And RDR Books, who would be the defendant in this case, um, you know, says that, that she's going to be there. So um, I don't really think that, that Joe probably wants to uh, have to pick up and travel uh, in the middle yeah, of the spring up. now yeah. and, and have to come all the way to New York just for this trial. But uh, it's going to be interesting um, to see should... how it all plays out. Do you know how um, people swear an oath on the Bible? She should swear one on a Harry Potter book. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Mike, you and Andrew were thinking about going to the courthouse, right? Well, I don't know if you can actually do that, to be honest. I don't know if it's an open trial. Um, I would think that some media would be allowed to attend uh, to cover the trial and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it'd be interesting because I, I would think that also maybe somebody like Joe would want the fan sites to cover it and, and to get a real perspective as to what's going on. I don't think it works yeah. like that, though. I don't think it's like a movie premiere where you can jump up and down no. and scream and say, go Joe. No, no. I, I, I mean, just but to kind of there sit will and be people, There will be people outside the courthouse doing that, though. Yeah, but that's not really? the same as being oh, inside. Oh, I know. But I just it's really bizarre when you think about it because here there's this serious trial going on and all these fans are going to convene and treat it like a premiere or a book reading. And it just I find that interesting. Well, they'll probably yeah. just show up just to show their support for Joe. Yeah, that's true. Think. That's true. <laughs> I'd, I'd laugh if she wins and then in come November we see the judge in like a walk-on role on Half-Blood Prince or something. Yeah. <laughs> no Americans, Jamie. No Americans are allowed. In what? Oh. Yeah, but I'm sure she can bend the rules to avoid yeah. a uh, avoid a lawsuit. Yeah. She she I don't serious. think she's going to have to bend the rules for anything. I think she's going to win. She will, yeah. yeah. She will. It's done and dusted. Well, so um, let's move on to our next big top news uh, discussion. We got a new Half Blood Prince pick, official from Warner Brothers. Doesn't it? It's. Uh, it doesn't do it think? feel like every time a new movie comes out, <laughs> the first picture we get, or one of the first pictures, is the three of them sitting in front of the fire, looking concerned looking, about something. Yeah, exactly. It is the <laughs> concern the syndrome same picture. But, I mean, does it look kind of staged to you? Because to me, it looks completely like they took this picture on purpose. Man, it's a movie. Like, I don't even think it's, it's a movie. Be in the movie. Of course, it's staged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you're saying that it wasn't actually taken from a scene. You think that they actually oh, had them sorry. do a photo shoot? Basically. Yeah, I mean, because this kind of reminds me of one of those pics from Order of the Phoenix when the trio is in the hog's head and Harry looks like he's about to get up and then so does. um. I mean, Harry's already standing up, and Ron looks like he's about to get up, and Hermione's looking to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you remember yeah, that yeah. photo yeah. I'm talking about? It's and you, we don't really even see that scene in it, but uh, and also, I don't know. It just reminds me of the Laurie, same picture. say that every time there comes the concern picture, and you know, and then people draw conclusions from it. They're like, "Oh, I think it's going to be a dark movie full of suspense." Just from that concerned, uh, yeah. you know, picture. Well, there's like a whole page of comments just about Hermione's hair. 
It's a huge issue in every single movie. All the fans have to comment on how Emma's hair is in the movie. It is exciting, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, have I know. That's the, the first thing I think of. Well, honestly, I don't like Hermione's hair in this because it's blonde, so I don't really think she's going to be even that good of an actress in this book, so I don't even think – or this movie, so I'm not going to watch it. Cool. Yeah, right. Same here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's just – I don't know. I mean, it's a nice picture, but – I just feel like it's always the same. They always have Hermione holding a newspaper, and it's, as Andrew would say, the typical Emma Watson concern face, and then Ron always looks somewhat confused. Yeah, um, and he's always in the back. It's always <laughs> yeah. um, Harry and um, and um, Hermione in the front, and Ron's always pushed in the back. Yeah, that's always bothered me. Anytime you look at the movie posters, Ron is always in the back. What is with that? Um, Seriously. No idea. He's Harry's best friend, guys. I know. And Ron's eating walnuts. Who eats walnuts in a bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Come to England, Matt. You'd be surprised. (laughs) I I, I guess so. I'm I'm really not That's one of the less weird things we do. What's that? Sorry, I missed. Eating walnuts. Oh. From a bowl. You crazy people. (laughs) In a wizarding school. (laughs) Well, have you guys seen, I mean, on the the Daily Prophet newspaper, is, is that Slughorn's picture in it? Do you guys think? Mm, it kind of looks like the actor who plays him. I haven't right. studied it that closely. I was too busy looking at Emma's hair. I know. I just, I oh can't get over it. It's <laughs> so wonderful. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Nice input, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting about that, and I actually just looked at the picture right now, is... Uh, it looks like the word ministry is on the paper, so I was wondering if that could be the new minister. Hey, a book. A piece it of looks like more disappointment at ministry, if you read it. Or disappearances. Yeah, at ministry. So, Or it could yeah, be some person sense. who disappeared. <laughs> it's going to be weird. I just have a feeling David Yates is going to do his whole Daily Prophet transitions again in this movie. I thought those were <laughs> awesome. Did you not like them? Oh, I did. No, no, no. I, I, I did. Sorry. What did, what did everyone else think of those? They, I mean, it was a gimmick, but it's cool. Very cool. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean... I it definitely it quickened the, the pace, at least. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was a good pacing tool, because they could get across a lot of information without having to use up time on it in the film, I guess. Like, stuff that we didn't necessarily need to see acted out. It's definitely a, a, one of the biggest... It, 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 Order of the Phoenix is the biggest book in the series, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- that would explain why there's so many montages in the movie as well. Yeah. Right, let's, let's move on to some more announcements. Um, currently, we MuggleCast is number one on Podcast Alley. Woo! Still, this entire Yay! month. It's been MuggleCast March. Awesome. awesome. It has. We have to come up with some clever term for April so we can... Uh... Yeah, Maple is Maple. still not doing it for me. Uh, Maple. Uh, just if, if you, adding if, the letter M to the beginning of April. Yeah, it is. Oh. And Maple. <laughs> Maple. And then Maple. May. <laughs> May. That, that's a stretch, though, Jamie. May. I don't think the fans would get that, though. Well, would it be the, the connection? Or is it just May? May. May. Two M's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to one more announcement. Um, the reason why Andrew is not on this show is because Andrew is currently in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, to be precise, 
uh, doing a little um, on-set visit to the Twilight film. Uh, have you guys heard about this? Yeah, yeah. Actually, he was uh, he, he met a few the of the. Yeah, <laughs> he he's just he's very very excited. I just talked to him a little while ago, and he said that he's seen. Um, well, Matt, you said he saw um, all of the. Uh, for those of you who read Twilight, the uh, the Cullen siblings. Yes, he saw all the Cullen family. The Cullen family is the vampire family, if you don't know the, from the books. Yeah. And he also talked to um, Robert Pattinson, who whom you all know played Cedric Diggory in the Goblet of Fire film, and. Did some coke with him. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean drank some coke, right? Smoked <laughs> a little weed, you know. Yeah, sorry, oh, drank some coke with him. <laughs> and um, many of you are probably wondering why he's on the set. Well, this kind of leads into this uh, another announcement that we have all been um, talking about and deciding on for quite some time, and we've actually um, decided to. Um, well, since I haven't been on the show very much, um, does anyone else want to talk about this? This is a really big announcement. Yeah, it is a yeah, sure. So, you know, a lot of people have been writing in for a while that are really, really upset about us ending the show in April or May because obviously there's only so much Harry Potter content we have. But we know that there are actually a lot of fans who love other types of fantasy, you know, genres and other types of books and stuff. So we thought, why not expand our show to encompass all of those other fandoms? What do you guys think of that? Does that sound good? Yeah? No? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With the new ones coming out as well, we've got Twilight, Spiderwick Chronicles, you know, all that kind of awesome stuff, so... Yeah, see, we were thinking about Spiderwick, and we haven't, you know, 100%... It fitted into how we're going to schedule the show, but here, here's how we've got it broken down at this point. We've got this new show, the new Muggle Cast, as you might call it, uh, broken down into four different segments right now. We've got mm-hmm. Totally Twilight, which is when we're going to dedicate that time to like a chapter of the Twilight series. Also, we're going to go over some movie discussion. Obviously, Andrew's at the set right now, so he'll bring us a full report, and it'll be excellent. Um, for those of you who are all about Narnia, we're going to do uh, a thing right now. It's called Welcome to Narnia. Uh, by the way, if you guys have any better suggestions for the names of these segments, please feel free to email them in. We are always open to suggestion. We are. Uh, and in that, I mean, also there's, <laughs> yeah. you know... <laughs> There's all the Narnia movies going on right now, so that'll be great. We'll do chapter by chapter on that as well. And for those of you who are big Lord of the Rings fans, we're going to have Journey to Middle-Earth, which will, of course, cover analysis, and uh, I think we'll probably talk a lot about the upcoming Hobbit movie. Yes. So that should be pretty good. And uh, we've decided that we will, of course, still have Harry Potter as part of our show. Because we started off as one, so we're still going to end as one, you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There would be no reason to cut Harry Potter out. Like, and I know that would upset a lot of people too. Don't you guys think? Oh yeah, especially. I mean, they wouldn't even listen to the show if we didn't talk about at least ten or twenty minutes of Harry Potter. And they go around killing people, (laughs) serial killing people. So you know, kind of that. Oh God, we wouldn't want to start a mass of serial killers. Mugglecast kills. So uh, what? I think Andrew came up with this one. Sounds like something he'd come up with anyway. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put all that into a segment called Muggle Minicast, which I think he kind of took as a cue from the the older shows when we would do the smaller episodes. You know, the twenty thirty minute ones. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna combine a lot of that into maybe like a twenty minute segment. So this is all we're hoping to put this into effect next week. Do and you guys think? Well, also you've missed out the fifth segment, which uh, we want to do Star Wars since that's a huge, huge deal as well. 
people still like. Oh, yes, really? definitely Star Wars. And yeah, we're, we're 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 thinking about having like another mini segment for. Um, other stuff like Star Wars yeah. and Spiderwick, because since there's nothing really coming out right now, we're just going to combine them all just in case there's a new big news event or yeah. something to talk about. But but on the Star Wars one, we want to call it Force Feedback, but we're currently in talks with the lawyers at Microsoft because they make a gaming controller called Force oh, Feedback. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we just have to talk yeah. to them and stuff like that, but hopefully it should be sorted out soon. Which is yeah. hopefully it's all great. And um, if 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 you listeners are kind of concerned about if we're going to keep doing chapter by chapter, uh, we are going to do it, but we're just going to um, kind of condense it into like a, a ten to fifteen minute discussion at the very very most, because I mean this is a lot of stuff to talk about, so everything's going to be at least twenty minutes long. Right, and I mean the way we figured it is, it, it seems like a happy medium when you think about putting chapter by chapter into a smaller segment because you have people who think that we either drone on about stuff too long or you think people who think you know people who think we don't spend enough time so this way we can just pick out a couple of key things from the chapters and discuss those for seven or eight minutes each and then it'll all be good i think i think it's absolute crap to be honest with you i think you cannot take away from what we've been working on for the past three years now and and change it over into something else uh well well sorry micah well, we're doing it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, uh, this is on, an executive guys. decision here. So where I are mean, Andrew and Ben? Well, not. I mean, will we all vote? Well, Ben doesn't matter anymore. Um, Kevin made the decision. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, we we really did sit down and talk about this for a long time. I mean, Matt, when did this talk originally start? It, it seems like it this was like originally February? talked after um, the Spiderwick movie came out, and everyone was right. talking about. Everyone talked like, "Oh my God, they're going to do Spiderwick cast." And basically, that kind of whoever, whoever really just wrote that to us or brought that to our attention, you pre- you pretty much made that decision for us. Yeah, because you're the ones who brought that into our heads, and we started yeah. discussing it. Well, and it's funny because we viewed it as a joke originally. You know, we kind of joked around about Spiderwick cast, but actually, I really think it's going to be a good idea. And I think that when you guys see it in action, you're really, really going to like enjoy it. it. Yeah. I, I think it'll grow on you, Micah. No, I don't just think so, man. I don't think I'd faith. continue on with the show if that was the case. Uh, well, I, I, I can't, I can't fire you. So we're gonna have to talk to Andrew about that. Yeah, you definitely will. I'm not putting up with that stuff. It's absolutely well. Will you? Well, stupid. Will you stay on through the end of this episode at least? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll just drop out in the middle since you guys aren't taking this very seriously anymore. No, no, don't, <laughs> don't do that, please. No, we really are taking it seriously, Micah. <laughs> Gosh. Just unbelievable. You guys have no dedication whatsoever. That's all right, let's not get into yeah, this. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm sick we're of this. Getting... We need to move on. All right, um so we're gonna move on to some muggle name Muggle Mail. Our last our last muggle mail. Yeah, well, we might still do one or two more muggle mails, you know. Yeah. In the, okay. in the, in the, in the spider the mail. The... We'll be doing spider mail. Obi Wan mail. Spider web mail. Spider, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, Laura, you want to get the first one done? Yeah, sure. Here, our first one comes from Shannon. Uh, she says, in episode 138, you guys were talking about box sets and to what extent people bought the books and movies and box sets. I think a very important thing to remember is the people currently reading the books and watching the movies. Kids and their parents. By the time the last movies and books come out, the kids who sat with their mommies and daddies every night 
To read Harry Potter will be grown up. A lot of them will be going off to college. And who will get to keep all the Harry Potter books and movies? Mom and dad or the kids? So somebody is going to have to buy them all over again. The same goes for siblings. When there is one set of movies per household and there are two kids in the family, one moves away. Who keeps the books and movies? It happened to me when my older brother, who I shared the series with, moved to Washington, D.C. He kept the old set and I got a brand spanking new box set. Well, that is true. Shannon, what I did before I left for college was I just uh, ripped all of my DVDs onto my computer and then I left That's them That's cool. Home. Piracy. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. 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 We always support that here at Mobilecast. The thing of is, course, though, I didn't rip Harry Potter though. Don't don't worry, Warner Brothers. I didn't. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but to be honest, they own everything. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so you can't really rip a movie and not, you know, cause them to lose twelve pounds. But I don't want a brand spanky new box set because they're new covers. Well, especially here in the UK, I don't know if they're new over there, but they have these crappy stars on them. It's all sort of like new age and, and you know, yeah. fantasy They, and it's, and it's they add yeah. stuff to the covers that you can't take off and it sucks. Yeah. I want an old style Harry Potter book. Old school. Not yeah. the new Well, they're ones. doing that with the movie covers too. Oh... Wrong with like, them. like they have these these banners on the original um, Harry Potter DVDs. It's like these little um, Celtic style bands around the, the the edges of it. It's I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of mixed on that too. Yeah. Why well, do they mean, have to mess with it? Seriously. You know, I don't know. Maybe to grab people's attention. But I, I, the way I think about it, it's not just people who need doubles of it that are going to buy it. I mean, there are so many people who are fans of books like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, and they collect this kind of stuff. There are people who will go out and buy these box sets of books and movies and they will never open them. They'll just have them to sit on a shelf. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with collecting. But that's mainly why they do it, because there are a lot of collectors out there. For a collector standpoint. And I I agree with that, yeah. But everyone's got it. Like, the box sets with the new books, everyone's got them, haven't they? No. No, but I mean, like, it's not rare. Like, I can understand collectors getting, like, a first edition, like, Half-Blood Prince or or whatever, but a box set, you know, it's a box set for a reason because there's nothing special inside. I realize that's a bit cold-hearted, but, you know. Well, with um, with just Harry Potter books in general, they don't just sell a box set of the books. They also sell, like, a a Hogwarts carrying case with it, too. I think that's what a lot of the fans like to do, too, is, like, just to buy the extra features that come with it, which is why, like... They, a lot of companies like release like two disc ultimate platinum special yeah. ultimate edition DVDs with an extra like bookcase that comes with the DVD or an yeah, extra DVD true. that comes with it. So I think definitely the special edition which, that comes with it, which is annoying, Matt, because I searched for Family Guy the other day because I want to buy the DVDs because it's an awesome show, isn't it? Oh, but of course. there are like four million <laughs> different box sets, and one's like you know a hundred dollars, one's like a hundred and one dollars, and there's new stuff in each of them. Like one had poker chips, and I was like, well, poker chips would be cool, but it's a bit of a gimmick. I just want Family Guy. But then I thought, well, well, perhaps I should get the poker chips since I'm buying the box set anyway. And what's another twenty dollars when you're spending? You know, mm-hmm. it caused me and that's a exactly great of grief. what they're doing too. That that's their whole intention. I know for you to think, well, I feel like it's only pick. ten more dollars for this. Yeah. You, you're conforming to the man. I know. I feel. I just feel like I'm lost, man. I'm lost. I just wander this earth. <laughs> I have no idea what my place in this world is. 
I'm just a pawn in the game of life, yeah. I guess. Since we're trying to keep Jamie on the show, Jamie, why don't you read the next Muggle Mail? All right, all right, okay. This is from Graham Hansen, 18, from Perth, Australia. Subject, Harry Potter male fans. Um, which I think should be male Harry Potter fans. <laughs> 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 but... Uh, Graham says, there is quite clearly a gender inequality in the Harry Potter fandom. This really doesn't extend to fantasy in general, Lord of the Rings for one. And I certainly think that masculine stereotypes play a role. For one, it isn't considered manly to read at all for some stupid reason. However, if a man is to read, it should be a manly action book, or at least one which is geared towards adults. As the Harry Potter series not only is a series of books, it is primarily a series marketed towards children making it twice as bad for males to like. For females, on the other hand, it seems that it is socially acceptable for them to like childish things, such as Hello Kitty, which I haven't heard of. It sounds crap, though. (laughs) And the like, which only weirdo nerd losers are allowed to like for some reason. Why? Why? Why can't we all love Hello Kitty and Harry Potter equally? Oh, and the high amount of male podcasters is just due to the image of technology in society. It isn't okay for girls to be into technology, but they do get Harry Potter, it seems. Absolutely... Love the show. Easily the best Potter podcast around. From Graham. Thank you, Graham. Okay. So, uh, Matt and Micah, do you guys kind of want to give us a recap? Because Jamie and I weren't on last week, and I think you guys talked well, about gender. Well, I wasn't on. Gender. I, Micah, you're the only person who was on last week to discuss oh, okay. this. What, what, is this. what is Graham talking about? Well, last week on the show, I think that uh, one of the voicemail questions actually was focusing on the fandom as a whole and why there seemed to be more girls who are fans of Harry Potter uh, and fans of the podcast as a whole. And also, with that being said, why are there also more male podcasters as opposed to female podcasters? Um, And I think when you look at it, it kind of flows together. And part of what Andrew was saying was, look, with the podcast, it's really a technological thing and for some reason guys seem to be more into technology and working with all those types of things than girls do i'm not saying that that's the case every single time but that's why you know we were talking about a lot of us got into it because of that reason yeah we all read harry potter but one of the cool aspects of it was being able to do a podcast and i brought up the fact that i really joined because it was an online radio show and i thought it would be you know, just a great thing to get involved with. And, you know, Andrew kind of said something along the same lines, Mikey as well. And so even though we all love the books, you know, this is kind of the reason why we got into it because podcasting was just kind of this new, cool technological thing at the time. It still is today. And, um, you know, kind of the female following we thought was because we're all guys. So, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't think it's I don't think it's because you're got not and no offense like it's not that I'm <laughs> saying that it's I'm not I'm, I'm not saying that the following is undeserved. I would never say anything no, no. Like but that. to be honest um, with you, Laura, Andrew's answer I think bordered on a little bit more arrogance than the way I put it. But <laughs> what did what, Andrew, what he I basically don't said that girls words. only listen because we're a bunch of like squealy fangirly types and what. Like, is that basically what he said, or? Uh, I don't know if he put it like that, but um, it, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe well, should roll was, his audio from to, last um, week. I was yeah. actually just listening to that that part of the episode, and um, I think it must have been Mikey who said um that it's the reason why um 
like more guys like Star Wars and Star Trek and stuff than Harry Potter. Honestly, I don't think you can really compare that with Harry Potter because Harry Potter started as a book, whereas Star Wars and Star Trek started off as a TV show. And generally, I think as the gender goes, um, m- the males kind of watch a little more TV than read, as in women, te- females tend to watch, to read a little more. I mean, more. you'd almost have to do and, polling on this and, and, and see because yeah. it's, it's like with... Star Wars and Star Trek, though, it's science fiction. I guess guys probably are more into science fiction than they are into fantasy, which is kind of what Harry Potter is. So are more girls generally into fantasy books than guys? And, you know, it's it's just weird. It's I, I mean, I don't know how, you know, Laura is so the only female. Well, there like, really are. There, there are so many factors that, that could explain that. Like, you, you know, instead of perhaps, you know, how society is organized nowadays perhaps males their time is better suited to like watching a specific program that's set because you see i have this theory that psychologists run the entire world like you know stuff is put on tv and i mean this is kind of conspiracy theories but it's not yeah um like no 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 matter seriously like stuff is put on tv at certain times specific times to suit like the audience like they put it or like or like commercials you know like it's all designed to go into your unconscious and activate you know desires and stuff like that so i'm sure everything's done for a reason um kind of but no um yeah i think it just works out like that well and i think there is something to be said for gender interest and just like you look at um lord i mean i can't say this for certain but a lot of people i know who are fans of lord of the rings are male And a lot of people I know who are into Harry Potter are female. And one of the common factors I can link there is that the author of Lord of the Rings was male and the author of Harry Potter is female. And I think that there is a distinctive style that men and women have when they write. I think you can definitely tell when you read Harry Potter that the author is a woman. Oh, definitely. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not to say that that's a fault. Like I would be a, a huge hypocrite to think so. But I just think that there is that distinct difference. And also, um, I read something a while back talking about how, um, I guess Scholastic and Bloomsbury actually had Joe put her name as JK Rowling because yeah, it sounded true, more yeah. like a male name. So it would appeal to boys. So there, I mean, there's yeah, a lot I to do be said for that. what right. different genders are interested in. They did do that. And I mean, it's true. It's true with technology too. I mean, there are more men in the technology field than women. I went to join my school's radio club, and I was the only girl there. And when I went Must to them and told them I knew familiar. how to podcast, yeah, except <laughs> they 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 never really gave me any opportunities because I'm I don't want to you know be judgmental here and make any assumptions. But the only thing I can think of is that it was because I'm a girl. And when I went to them and said, "Hey, I know how to do this stuff. I can help you with a the podcast," they never contacted me and never contacted me. And yeah. I was just like, "Fine, sue them, screw people." <laughs> exactly. There you go. It's not. You can make some right. good well, money, yeah. Laura. Jamie will be good your lawyer. Money. Yeah, yeah. He'll want to yeah. cut. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, eighty-five percent. Nice, eighty-five percent. And then he'll then he'll go up uh, north and defend J.K. Rowling. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. cool. I want a serious. You have a cut budding career that. in front of you, Jamie. Just come to the U.S. and be Thanks. a lawyer. Okay, awesome. no degree required. It's sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh... Well, with well, 
with also also uh, that 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 with um with also the uh, the gender issue, I I kind of believe that women tend to take the books they read along with them more than um the the male gender do, does. You know what I mean? Like I know a, my mom and my aunt are part of a book club, and most of all the book clubs I've seen are predominantly females. So I think female the, the female gender definitely talks more about the books they read more than the male yeah. do. That's yeah, probably true. Which makes, I mean, which again makes you guys kind of, you know, it just shows that you guys break that rule as well. You know, it shows that you break that stereotype. So it's not just, you know, me being on the show that says not all women are not into technology. Well, no, yeah, it's you guys are doing the same what thing. What I said before, I mean, it's certainly not the rule. You know, it just seems that overall it's true that guys are probably a little bit more tech savvy than girls are. Well, I wouldn't say that girls don't have the ability. No, no. I would say it's more <laughs> likely to say they, they don't have the interest. Right. Sorry, I, I'm a no, bit No, no, it's fine. You, it's fine. You might have figured this out it's by fine. now. A bit. Um, our next email comes from Kylie15 of Dayton, Ohio, entitled Potter Watch Comment. She writes, Hey, Mugglecasters, I wanted to share my initial thoughts about Potter Watch in Chapter 22 of Deathly Hollows. When I first read it, my very first thought was that it was kind of like the radio news show from World War II. The trio are pretty much the equivalent of the soldiers that were sent to fight off in Europe, and Potter Watch was their glimpse back home to the rest of the wizarding world. I know that World War II connections are obvious and numerous, but... Those were my thoughts. Mugglecast is the only podcast I listen to, and it's so good. I don't need any others. I love all those <laughs> topics and discussions, not to mention the hilarious fun segments. Make the Music Connection is my favorite. Please keep doing such a wonderful job. Best wishes, Kylie. I love your intonation, Matt. It's, it's superb. Especially on the bits I have that, uh... to do it, or I'm just going to stumble. Please, okay, first of all, can I please just ask, please tell me that nobody sat there and said she did it because of the podcast. <laughs> please tell me no she one did said what? that. Cause, yeah. well, well, there's always there's always a certain resistance to, um, you know, during a war or something. Uh, whether it's on the radio, or if it's even like an underground newspaper. Yeah. That's so, what I think it is. I mean, yeah, it would be, th- it's definitely cool to hear it, you know, regardless, because it's like, oh, you know, we've kind of been doing the same thing. So it, it's definitely cool, but I'm not 100% sure it would be her, you know, acknowledging the show yeah, book or anything. Yeah, I think it is. It's, I mean, it's a very nice thought. Though. All right, we're going to move things off to chapter by chapter of Deathly Hollows. We're going to move on to this week to just one chapter. It's chapter 23 entitled Malfoy Manor. And where we leave our characters off from the previous chapter, uh, apparently Ron told the trio that the name was Taboo, Voldemort, and Harry accidentally let the word slip, and now they are being cornered by at least half a dozen wands at their tent. So now they're caught. Can I... It it seems quite a sort of blanket charm to be able to make a word Taboo. Like, if... If that isn't too difficult to spell, then you can make, you know, you could do anything. That implies almost limitless magical ability. Like, you know, other people could do it as well. It's weird. Like, well, one thing. They must be abusing the system completely. One thing that I always wondered it was if his name was Taboo before, because they always refer to him as he who must not be named and all that other stuff. So I just wondered, you know, when he was in power the first time, was his name also Taboo? 
Like you couldn't say it. Um, I, I don't, I don't think, think so, so because did he? I don't think he had power over the ministry at that time. And I, I honestly, I think the whole taboo thing wouldn't have happened unless he had that much control over the wizarding world. Yeah, I think that's what the crucial difference is, is that he had control over the ministry in the seventh book. And I think he who must not be named is just something that sort of came about from fear. Just like, it's probably not the best example, but like, for instance, when you have curse words that people have come up with substitute words for, just because it's something that people don't like to say and people don't like to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Okay. Okay, so we start off with a chapter with um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Um, kind of, well, they're in the dark in the tent because Ron used the deluminator. And Hermi- Harry sees Hermione pointing her wand at his face and using a swollen charm to blow up his face to unnatural size and unrecognizability. Is that a word? Yeah. It, I think it unrecognizable. Is now. Okay, it's, it is now. I don't know. <laughs> So um, they're captured by Frenrir Greyback, who apparently is allowed to wear Death Eater, Death Eater's robes, but he's not allowed to use. He's not allowed to have a Death Eater mark because he's not that great yet. Yeah. Does anyone find? And I I noticed this while I was reading, like the numerous um, times when Fenrir kind of made really um, disgusting comments about stuff he wanted to do yeah. to Hermione. Hey, he's a yeah. He's a he's a sociopath he's he's a yeah. brilliant character though he's an amazing character he really is and it's interesting because i was actually just talking about this with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago and this friend in particular doesn't read harry potter and for a long time she'd been under the assumption that it was a children's book and i think that this is just another reminder that these books aren't just meant for kids you know it's true, yeah kids can't read them but it's a book that's meant for everybody and you look at an issue like this complete objectification of women and then this guy clearly wanting to hurt Hermione I just yeah. I think it's another mm-hmm. reminder that this is it's, a very it's adult definitely issue. a big reminder to th- also the children who read this that you know in in a lot of situations when you're in trouble people won't give you um, lenience just because you're a, a child right. yeah Th- they will kill you if they if they can't I was gonna say it's not just Hermione I mean he talks about washing Harry down with some butterbeer you know, oh, it's, yeah. he's just a disgusting. Well, he doesn't want to get indigestion, Mike. It'd be fair. Yeah, that's true. You don't <laughs> think it's it's not carbonated? That beer is not carbonated. Oh no, I, well, I don't think they have wizard Maylocks or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I think I'd rather meet uh, Voldemort down a dark alley than Greyback because Voldemort, Me for too. all his sins, is a principled uh, sociopath. Which sounds yeah, at uh, least you won't feel anything after he kills you. Yeah, Frenry, you'll exactly. No, let's not go into that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. He's he's just going to kill you, Voldemort, because he doesn't care about you know his powers, his goal. Whereas with Greyback, no one knows what his goal is, and ambiguity is scary. He he also Frenry <laughs> also wants to scare his victims to the point of you know yeah exactly trembling. Yeah. And he breaks down. Um, what I really love how, what J.K. Rowling does with every sing with. With the previous book in Half Blood Prince and in this book, she always mentions that Greyback smells like dirt, sweat, and blood, and the tears of small children. Oh yes, of course. It, it just it kind of she's kind of like telling us what kind of a person he is or what he does. That's all. It's all in his mind. Is I he's always he's always running. He's always in the dirt and dirty and sweaty and 
and killing Com- people, yeah. And getting yeah. bloody. That's all I, I would say he's about. a disgusting human being, but I don't even know that he's a human being, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I never th- I, I never, it never entered my mind that Frederick Greyback was a wizard. I always saw him as just a werewolf. Yeah. Until yeah. this scene when they mentioned that he had a wand in his hand. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Well, would yeah, you- he's definitely, I think, one of the scarier characters. Yeah, it's books. gonna be interesting to see would him you, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Would you bring him home to his parents, to your parents? Um, without, not without a bath. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm so sorry. nice, Matt. Give people a chance. I like that. I yeah. like that. I, I mean, he's put only a, a muzzle on him first. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. You can't prejudge people just because they smell of dirt, sweat, and sweat and just blood. Just because they might kill your family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Laura. Open broaden your horizons for God's sake Harry, Ron, and Hermione are taken up to Malfoy Manor to be shown to Voldemort initially they're going to Malfoy Manor to be inspected by the Malfoy family and they are met by Narcissa Malfoy and Lucius and Draco now what I loved about this scene especially when they try to figure out if it's really Harry or not, is that Draco is so hesitant with saying yes or no of confirming the identity of the trio. What do you, why do you guys think yeah. that Draco was so hesitant well, he's giving... with saying yes or no? I mean, you you see him in Hogwarts always well, trying to get Harry, Ron, and Hermione in trouble, and this is like his biggest, huge moment to really just rat them out, but he doesn't do it. N- necessarily. There's a difference between, uh, you know, causing trouble for people and having... Bl- all their blood on your hands, and he would yeah, have their blood on his hands completely. Definitely, yeah. his he knows that his decision basically is their mortality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's just another example of like when he couldn't kill Dumbledore. Like, yeah, Draco may not necessarily be the world's best guy, but he's certainly not a killer. And even if you don't like somebody, just imagine this: you've grown up with somebody through all of your teenage years like you met them when you were 11 or whatever yeah. and then suddenly you're 17 years old and they die even if you didn't like them that is such a huge shock because is, you still yeah. grew up with them and t- I don't know I couldn't I couldn't turn somebody in like that and I don't think Draco could either regardless of having I mean you always have those people in, in like middle school and high school who you always pick a fight with and, and you know, kind of like your enemies in school, but never to an extent where you would want them dead. No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, that's just a really bad position that Draco was in. Yeah. I kind of actually have a little bit of sympathy for the for him in that. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like the thing about Draco is he just parrots a lot of what the people around him say, and because he's honestly just such a spoiled rich brat he's never actually had to get his hands dirty and then he discovers what all of that really entails and realizes that's really not the kind of person he is Mm -hmm. well and he's also not really under his father's protection anymore either i mean he always looked up to his dad he's not he's i don't really see him as lucius malfoy's son technically because he's not really the kind of person that lucius is lucius just kicks kisses up to whoever he can just to get power yeah Mm -hmm. but but also say about sorry go on no, sorry. Okay, um, well, I was going to say, you can also... I mean, Lucius and Narcissa display sort of something that I think completely separates them from everyone else in that they're still parents, and they still, however much they kiss up to Voldemort and everything, they still put Draco above everything else. Whereas if you look in... Um, is it um, beginning of Half-Blood Prince when... Um, 
when they go to Snape's and Bellatrix says how if she had children she'd, you know, give them up to Be the Dark Lord. Yeah, 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 definitely. Immediately. And it's, well, no, they, just, they, the, in, well, at the very end of Deathly Hallows too, they portrayed their much love for, for, um, for Draco by pretty much betraying Voldemort. Or Narcissa did that, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, something that, I mean, we should probably just mention that happened a little bit before this was Harry, um, on the way to Malfoy Manor, kept getting visions of Voldemort going to Grindelwald. And uh, basically, he was trying to get the Elder Wand out of him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, Harry's not quite sure what that's about, but yeah, just thought we should mention it. Because people, people get kind of bent out of shape when we don't mention things, even if there's not much discussion to be had about oh, them. Yeah. Well, we can't just talk every single sentence on the on the chapter. That, that would just oh, be... yeah, we can. Didn't you know about our new segment? It's going to be uh, word by word. Oh, <laughs> I, I did not know that. Okay. Oh, then that's all better then. Um, well, since you were talking about that, I really like that that quote that Gwind- Grindelwald told Voldemort. It was like, you, you're, I knew you'd come, but your journey was pointless. I never had it. Like, Grindelwald was waiting for Voldemort to come. Yeah. Because he knew yeah. what he was after from the get-go. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And Grindelwald just doesn't seem evil then. He seems like he's recovered. And I think that no, solves... He he doesn't. Huh? No, I'm saying I'm agreeing. Oh, right. Okay. Well, no, I was going to say that uh, it should have... I think that solves the who's the more evil wizard. And it just, you know, Voldemort, I think is leagues more evil than Grindelwald because obviously he's capable of redemption. And Joe has pointed out on many occasions that Voldemort is beyond help. Anyone's mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I never really saw after reading the, after reading a little bit of this. You can tell that Grindelwald was never really evil. That his whole vision of being evil was basically due to most of the publicity that the whole his whole thing got. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing about Grindelwald is, regardless of whether or not he was evil, he never really got the chance to act on it. So it's almost like irrelevant, really. I, mean, I think it's just a. I think Grindelwald is just mainly just like. Uh, a link to Dumbledore's past. Definitely. Okay, so um, we get a little bit into the sword with when Bellatrix enters the house. Um, apparently, um, just before Bellatrix was about to announce uh, announce to the Dark Lord to come over to Malfoy Manor, she sees um the sword of Gryffindor, and she starts to panic. To you know, to a grand scale, because apparently she had. She has, in her mind, the sword is in her vault at Gringotts that apparently Snape had given her to put in her, her vault. So, although she doesn't know that that sword is actually the real one and the one in her vault is the fake. But the reason why that she's, you know, freaking out so much is because there's something else in her vault that's really, really, you know, valuable to Voldemort. Well, I think... No, no, no. She's freaking what, out because she thinks that... she thinks they stole it. Crux. Yeah. She thinks yeah, she thinks yeah. that they took it out of her vault. Well, yeah, they they, they she thinks that they took um, the Horcrux out of her vault. Yeah, yeah, that's that's well, that's what I meant. Sorry, I didn't yeah. put it right. Uh, no, we'll become okay. more that's articulate, Matt. Oh, don't even start with me, Brit. <laughs> Basically, she, um, Bellatrix gets really pissed off about the sword being stolen, and she sends everyone but Hermione down to the cellar with the rest of the um, prisoners. And what I really loved about this little thing right here was when Ron was screaming out to Bellatrix to take him instead of Hermione. I know. Put him in her place. That's like like one of the very first times you ever see him proclaim his love for Hermione. He's, you know, sacrificing himself for her safety. Yeah, I just have to say, when I read that, 
and I'm sure every other girl around the planet was like, oh. And, I, and I think every single guy was like, ah, here we go. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Give, that's, give. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I had to say something. We're more emotional than that. Yeah. The male species. But it was the whole scene where Bellatrix tortured Hermione was awful. Not not awfully written, but just, just awful to awful take Awful to read, yeah. Yeah. Well, while Ron... Well, well, okay, Hermione's getting tortured in the background, but let's go with Harry and Ron right now. They're being sent in the cellar where they meet Dean, Luna, and Oliver, Vander, and... Griphook. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay, they finally find Luna. They know where her whereabouts are. And they are hearing these screams intermittently that are Hermione's screams. And Ron is just screaming out Hermione's name over and over again. And, oh, Dobby came. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I- I'm-, I'm skipping ahead. Sorry. Um, after-, after they're hearing Hermione's screams, um, Harry quickly goes into the pouch that Hagrid gave him and looks into that mirror. And he sees Dumbledore's eye. And he or what screaming. he thinks is Dumbledore's eye. Yeah, he th- yeah quotes Dumbledore's eye. And um, he screams out, help us, we're in the cellar at Malfoy Manor. And then the eye blinks and runs off. And then a few seconds later, Dobby comes. Yeah. And this, Lucky. I mean, of course, w- we all know what happens at the end of the chapter, which is very sad. But um, from that point, we know that Dobby uh, takes Dean, Luna, and Ollivander? Yes. That- that's right. Yeah, and he, then... He, he takes them... Um, and as, but right before they go, Dean and Luna pro- proclaim their allegiance to Harry, saying they want to help. They don't want to leave Harry yeah. and all, all of them. Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, they are cool. And I thought that the you know the way that even though when the trio is separated, the fact that they are still able to work together as a team, I think that's really cool. Because Harry was listening very intently while Ron was going crazy, and he heard Hermione say that the sword was a fake. And so, mm-hmm. of course, he goes to Griphook and says, you have to tell them that this is a fake sword or else, you know, we're doomed. Exactly. So that, you know, that's what Griphook does. And, uh, yeah. So after um, after Draco uh, takes Griphook and to, you know, inspect the sword, um, they hear Dobby come back again, right? Don't they? Something keeps... No, s- no, no. Oh, no, they hear a snap. They do hear a snap because that's what... That that's why they call over um, Pet- Pettigrew to come down and see what the noise was. Yeah, maybe they heard the crack of Dobby disapparating. Yeah, I think that was it. And they well, said anyway, warm tail. So Pettigrew, Peter Pettigrew comes down, and Harry and Ron decide to ambush him and tackle him. But there is one instant. This scene was weird as hell. I did not understand. It's, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to um to t- talk about it because I don't really. I got lost. It was one of bit. the scenes that I really had a hard time comprehending what exactly was happening, and I had to read it a couple of times tonight. And essentially, what I got from it was that the hand that Wormtail has, and maybe I should go over what the scene is just for a refresher. But essentially, um, when they ambush him, Wormtail puts his hand around Harry's throat, and Harry says. Are you really going to do that? You owe me. I saved your life once before. And what I got out of it is that the hand depended on a certain amount of strength from Wormtail, or at least a certain amount of self-preservation. And the second that Wormtail faltered, because he did, and he knew Harry was right, the hand turned on him. 
and took him instead. Do you think that was Voldemort's intention? Like that's because he knew what kind of a person that Peter Pettigrew was, that he would just, um, since he betrayed the Potter so quickly, he was afraid that Peter Pettigrew would do the same thing. So at the moment where he falters his allegiance, the, the, the hand would kill him. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. That completely sounds like something Voldemort would do. Oh, do you think so? That's very interesting. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. I, mean, I agree with that, Matt. I think that as soon as there was that moment of hesitation in Pettigrew's mind, it would kill that, him, that yeah. the hand automatically would, would kill him. Because who knows, you know, in that situation, what's going on? I mean, obviously... In this case, it was it was dealing with Harry, but you know it's possible that had he done anything else that would be in betrayal of of Voldemort, that the hand would just take care of him. And I like Laura's point, though. That's very um, good. What you were saying about how he's just, or was it Matt, that he's not a reliable uh, person? You know, we've seen him sort of go back and forth between sides all along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he it, it's it's definitely. I mean, Voldemort's not stupid. He he knew he used Pe- Peter Pettigrew to his advantage because he knew what kind of a person he was, but he also knows how dangerous it is to keep a person like that at your side when they're so easily persuaded. So, I I, I also I think that's a good good uh, good job on Voldemort's part to keep yeah Peter Pettigrew on his side. Yeah, because see, it's is... a really strong hand. Mm-hmm. So it, as long as he has it, he's a good ally. But once he starts to betray, that hand will turn on him and kill him. Because it's, it's like obviously in, uh, not intentional. He it's was, like in, it's sorry. Sorry. sorry, go. On. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Go no, on. it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay. Well, no, no. I was going to make a stupid reference. Have you guys seen the Neverending Story? No. Oh well, there's a oh well. This is going to be last then. But there was a big rock guy built out of rocks who ate rocks and he had extremely strong hands as well. I don't know why I thought of that. That's a weird process. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, but going back to Harry Potter, I was going to say that when Bellatrix brings Griphook up and then after he tells her it's a fake, she slashes another injury in his face. It just goes to show that she's completely soulless apart from when it comes to Voldemort. So she was terrified when her allegiance to Voldemort was doubted and then as soon as um, it was shown that she hadn't screwed up and she hadn't lost him lost the Horcrux then um, she was fine and back to normal and hurting people yeah Yeah. oh no I definitely agree with that I think in both cases it goes to show that you know and I mean we already know this but Voldemort is an extremely good manipulator yeah you know because he knows exactly the right things to say to Bellatrix to keep her you know sort of cooing at his side and then he knows what exactly to give Wormtail to sort of keep his allegiance but at the same time he draws that fine line by saying you know the second Wormtail turns his back on me he's gonna die and I don't even have to be there for it to happen yeah Yeah. I feel it's that way with a lot of people though I mean he doesn't care who dies at his expense so to speak you know It, it doesn't have to be Wormtail I mean just in this case it is but he doesn't care about anybody just as long as it's him who ends up prevailing in the end Right. Well, I'm sure he has a slight um, favoritism to Bellatrix because we we noticed we noticed that in the the very last chapter yeah. of the, um, the Hogwarts yeah, no, scene, right. he shows a little concern. But yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know what I found really interesting, though, kind of switching to another perspective, is that when the hand starts strangling Wormtail, Harry and Ron try to save him. It's their nature. And I found 
I know. And it's yeah. just interesting because you, you consider like they're such innately good people <laughs> that even though they're all in danger, their friend is upstairs being tortured. If there's someone in front of them dying, even if that person is a bad person, they still try to save him. Well, yeah, and that's, it's, that's I think a lot of people could relate to that too. I mean, it's someone is killing themselves right in front of their face. Their your initial reaction would be to try to stop that from happening. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. think about all the movies you'll see, and like the in the end, the kidnapper or the murderer will try and put the gun up to their head and you know essentially kill themselves. And you always have the cops or the people who are there that they've tortured for so long try and jump and save them from doing it. I just think it's a natural thing. That people just try and do. Plus, two life deaths are better than one. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, Good so point. um, after after Pettigrew's death, Harry and Ron run up to uh the foyer or whatever this place th- this is taking place at, and th- there becomes a huge fight between uh, Ron, Hermione, and Harry, and you know the Death Eaters, and. Which which really kind of just splits them apart is uh, the huge chandelier that falls down onto Bellatrix and Hermione. And we find out that's due to Dobby, who comes in to help them uh, save themselves. Yeah. So um, you guys want to elaborate a little bit on what happens after that? Well, essentially, like you said, there's a, a bit of a showdown, you know. And of course, at first, Harry and Ron kind of have the upper hand, but then Bellatrix sort of puts a knife to Hermione's throat and says, you know, you drop him or she dies. Right. And, and that's you know when the found, glass chandelier falls. You know what I found interesting about that? And I guess this might be me reading too much into it, but it seems like it would have been in Bellatrix's character. At least I could see her doing this, that the second Harry and Ron dropped the wands that she would have slit Hermione's throat anyway. Yeah. It just seems like something she would have done. I don't know. But, you know, of course that would have kind of She's crazy. Plot. She's just nuts, man. She she's, she's like out nuts, there with Fenrir Greybow. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? She's nuts, man. She is, Jamie. I'm serious. She's nuts, man. Dude. She's out there with Fenrir Greyback. Dog. Dog, man, dude. I think we should rewrite Harry Potter and completely <laughs> Americanize yeah. it. Well, if so. if it was us who were writing the Harry Potter series, the trio wouldn't live past the first book. If it was Why? Because we're oh, sadistic. Oh, no, because I just want them dead. Ah, so you're sadistic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I do see that that is in Bellatrix's character to to you know just just to to fool them like to trust them to trust her yeah. that she wouldn't kill. Yeah. So okay, so Dobby comes in to save them, and Dobby grabs onto Her- oh, Dobby grabs onto Harry, who grabs onto Hermione and Ron, and at the very last second, like. Her, uh, Dobby just um, disapparates with them, and while they're in, while they're floating out, th- there's a kind of like a little jolt with um, Dobby's hand, right? Th- there's something that signifies yeah. that Dobby's doing something, like he's pulling them away yeah. or something. Well, Harry something. said that he felt Dobby squeeze his hand, and his and his arm sort of jerked, and he thought that Dobby was trying to steer the direction in which they were going. I think that was when Bellatrix stabbed him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did, she stab, yeah. Uh, did she stab him or like throw her knife at him? Because they weren't really very close, were they? She might. I, she just stabbed him it. or she threw, threw it. it. She yeah. throws it. I yeah. thought she, she does something. I always thought she threw the knife at him. No, she basically does. She does. <laughs> she, she impales him with a knife, whether yeah, okay. by stabbing or no, throwing no, she it. She does. She one throws the knife. She definitely throws the knife. 
Okay, is it that okay. big of a deal? He's you so gung ho about this. Okay, let's okay, l- let's just let's just go with that. <laughs> so after she stabs him, after she throws a knife at him, um, why do you think he was squeezing it? Do, I I think the reason why he was like he felt a really big squeeze from Davi is because Stavi was trying to fight the pain j- j- until they were gone, until until they were safely back. Like he was fighting yeah. death while he was out there. Is yeah, I think that too? I think that works just fine. I mean, also okay. if if you know I were well, holding someone's hand and, too, and so. someone stabbed me, I think right when they stabbed me, I might jolt a little bit. But you know, that's just me. I, think I, I don't know too. how you react when people stab you. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Ow! I'd probably do that. Okay, so that's pretty much the end of the chapter. No, no, it's not. It's not. Sorry. Uh, and then I don't want to. I don't so want to relive this scene again. That's why. Oh well, as we all know, Dobby dies. And it's really, really sad. It's really sad because the last two words that come from Dobby's mouth is Harry Potter. Yeah. If and I, I think one of like the the way the chapter ends is so. I, I thought really heartbreaking too because it said something about how his eyes were reflecting the stars that they couldn't see and I was just like oh yeah, no yeah his eyes glazed a bit and you could see the reflection of the stars <sighs> Ugh. that was horrible it's a bloodbath in this book <laughs> it was probably the worst yeah, death of the series for me what about you guys no serious serious no. I knew you were going to say serious okay I'm sorry okay. but what do you guys think I mean it I think it was one of the worst, I would have to say. It was definitely one of the most emotional scenes in the book. Not in the series, Jamie, in the book. All right. Okay. 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 That's fine, Matt. Well, I think it'd be a more emotional scene in the book rather than when we see it in the movies because we see Dobby in pretty much every single book after book two. But we only seen Dobby in in the second movie. So. Yeah, and I mean, do you even uh, do we even know if Dobby's gonna be in the film? I would hope yeah, so. Yeah, I, 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 I can pretty much. Yeah, they better. They're splitting it in two. They should probably yeah. think about that's including. true. That's true. Um, aren't we gonna have a little musical tribute to Dobby's death? Yeah, but I think we're gonna have to make Andrew come up with that because I don't have anything. Okay, so let's give just... him some work to do since he uh, bailed on us this week to yeah. go hang out with Robert Pattinson yeah. and Stephanie Meyer. Jerk. Oh man. Yeah. But let's something little... about being oh. free, I would think, right? Yeah. I want to break, to break free. free. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yeah. gets it in this chapter, doesn't he? Oh, yes, he does. I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, he he steals two wands, doesn't he? He has two wands in his hand. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He grabs, and he grabs Drake. It, it definitely says he grabs Draco's wand. And little does he know what he has in his hand. <laughs> All right, let's so let's move on to um, let's move the show along a little bit. Uh, so we're going to move on to our next segment. Um, it's relatively new, um, and Laura and I were talking about this the other day. Um, Laura, do you want to emphasize a little bit on it? Yeah, yeah. We a while back, you you me and Andrew were driving through the uh, the nothing that is Southern Maryland. And uh, we were talking about, you know, on the show, we've never actually talked about what our houses are. In all of this time of doing our shows, we've never, ever done that. And so we thought it might be kind of fun to go around and talk about, like, what we think each other's houses are. And maybe eventually, if people like hearing about it, we could talk about other people, like maybe celebrities. Or you guys could send in your thoughts about who you might like to hear us talk about in reference to their house. So there you go. Let us know what you think of it. So we're doing so, uh, who we think each other would be in or who we think. I think it'd be a little I funnier think... if we like dis- like guess like who the other person is. Yeah. Instead of just I think who so we too. think. Because that's kind of ignorant. And really, who wants to hear what we think about ourselves? It's funnier if we try to talk about other people. Well, I think for the first one, we should try and. For, isn't that what you were saying, Laura? No, we've never discussed on the show. Yeah, we've, what ne- houses... we've never talked about us. Yeah, like, yeah. he's saying okay. like let's let's decide for each other. Like Micah, I would tell you. Like we would all tell you what we what you right. thought you'd be in. And do I get to de- agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah sure, you can sure. say who you think. Yeah. All, all right, right, so we're going to move sure, on cool. to Micah since we're already talking about him. Um, so Micah, who do you think? What house do you think you should be in? Um, I would say probably. Ravenclaw. What do you guys think of that? Do you agree? Disagree? I mean, you guys know me pretty uh, well by now. Uh, you, are, I, you know, I, you're you're definitely intelligent, and I logical think that's, too. So yeah, yeah, probably Ravenclaw. Although I, I have to say, you're a little bit perverted sometimes, and it seems like most of the perverts are over in Slytherin. Yeah, I so, knew that was coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But you're. Wait, wait. Who's perverted in Slytherin? They they just all make I don't know. They, they're more likely to make comments about people. Like you remember on um on the train uh in the sixth book where they were talking about how hot Ginny was in the in the train all the Slytherins were Laura yeah. all boys talk about that come out from under their rock yeah, no but I mean <laughs> I'm not under a rock okay I'm but it just seems like they're never mind fine then no no no, no it's fine that's fine go on keep going keep going <laughs> Micah I think you should be in uh, my reason why you should be in Ravenclaw is probably because a lot of the Ravenclaws tend to be very um hesitant with what they initially say they think about what they're going to say before they say it and since that's what usually you do it's especially on the show you pretty much wait until you have something logical to say in the show to bring your points and i think that's the one of the biggest ravenclaw attributes think before you leap basically yeah yeah and i don't know how many jewish people would be in slytherin you know i don't know if that would work oh yeah i mean that might not work out very well true <laughs> can you imagine like no, I'm not going to say anything because that that would be crossing boundaries that I get in trouble for. Yeah, I, I, see, that's why I, I couldn't comment on that because I didn't want to. Can you just hear like? Can you? I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. Like Harvey Waltenberg, Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius, Mike. That's genius. <laughs> Paul Rubenstein, Slytherin. <laughs> this doesn't fit, does it? Well, let's move on to Jamie. 
Jamie, what, what house do you think oh, you're oh, in? I want to be in Gryffindor. I just... I just... Uh, to me, it's the only house for me. Gryffindor. I think... I think I put other people before myself. <laughs> and I, and I yeah. like to think, in the heat of battle, I'd uh, sacrifice m- myself for other people. And Would Ravenclaw, you really? Yeah, no, I seriously would. I seriously believe I would. Obviously, it's hard to tell because, you know, you aren't in that situation. But honestly, I think I would. And I don't think... I don't think I'm stupid, but I don't think I'm insanely clever. And I, I don't think I'm a, a complete... Duffer, so I don't think I'm being Hufflepuff. Sorry, I'm going to offend loads of people saying that. And Slytherin, I think, is just a bit mean, to be honest. So uh, I want to say, yeah, I, 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 I can believe that. I can see you as Gryffindor. Yeah, me too. Oh, thank you. Why don't you want to be in Hufflepuff? Full of Duffers. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I just, I just haven't particularly felt any draw or affinity towards Hufflepuff like I have with Gryffindor. To be honest, and and I like. The Gryffindor common room, I think it symbolizes what I like, you know, chairs by a roaring fire, camaraderie, that kind of thing. Unlike the cold, heartless Slytherin dungeon. Um, we have fire. Yeah. What? We, we have, have fire. Thing. Yeah, we have fire yeah, down yeah, they there. Have fire. Yeah, but it's like a crappy one in a stone wall. I don't know. <laughs> I want a, what? <laughs> I want a roaring log fire. And the... Ravenclaw, too. I don't know. Slytherin. I'm just trying to defend them a little bit. Let's move on to Laura now. Laura? Um, you know, I've never been able... I think I'm just a muggle, you guys. I don't know. I've never been able to pick which one I thought I would fit into. Maybe that's lame of me. No, no, no. Go on. You have to say one. I have to... Oh, my God. I don't... You get a free MacBook Air if you say. Well, you're very political. And you're very... very you, You love to read. Apparently, and apparently, okay. Only erotic fiction, man. Oh, that's right. Only fan fiction. Yeah. That's my favorite. You know, restrictedsection.org. Yeah, I, I love that place. That's where I always <laughs> yeah. go. Is that a I real? I actually site? read that before I read Harry Potter. Yeah, it's wow. It's like NC seventeen Harry Potter fan fiction. Ooh. It's so bad. Link me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just. I guess I always feel like people think about the best aspects of themselves when they place themselves in houses. So, I don't know. I feel like I could be really obnoxious and be like, well, I read a lot so I could be a Ravenclaw, and I think that I'd sacrifice myself for my friends so I'd be a Gryffindor. Well, yeah, yeah. There are different qualities, but it has to be like, which one do you think you'd be in if you had to pick your... the one Your biggest attributes. I guess Ravenclaw, just... fine. Ravenclaw. I would be a Ravenclaw. Well, since you can't decide, I'll think Hufflepuff because she wanted yeah. all the rest. Remember, she said, "I'll take the rest. I don't want to no, participate. I don't want to be a loser." <laughs> oh, wow! I'm just kidding. I'm oh, just kidding. Hufflepuff. Well, now are I not can't losers. say what house I'm in. I always saw myself as a Gryffindor, also, but I was I was always really ashamed of saying it because everybody wants to be a Gryffindor. No, I know what you mean. So I, there is that. Sorry, go on. It's just everyone just talks about. Oh, I'm a Gryffindor because the trio is part of it. Well, exactly. But yeah. It's it's like so if, if I say I'm a Gryffindor, then that technically means that I'm just conforming to what all the fans want, say they are. No, and well, I think you would be a Gryffindor. True. I think you would be a Gryffindor. I'd yeah, I tend to there. talk a lot and don't necessarily think about what I say before I say it sometimes. And I think that's a Gryffindor attribute. <laughs> a lot of people don't see the the negative 
um, aspects of being a Gryffindor. Like, they don't. Everybody they don't. has their good and bad. Everyone thinks that gr- uh, Gryffindors are just the perfect house, and that's really not true. It's not true at all. They no. tend to be very brave, but they also tend to be very headstrong with what they believe. And, and reckless. They, and reckless, definitely. I mean, even though they have good intentions, it's not always the best intentions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I would Absolutely. say I would say Gryffindor. Okay. Well, I think you'd be a Gryffindor, okay. definitely. Yeah. Oh, thanks. We have the same house. You two, Laura, Micah, you have your your blue room. We'll have the red one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys all liked that, then you can write into us at you know each of our little at staff.mongolnet.com email addresses, and you can suggest anybody that you would like to know what their house would be. And we'll discuss it. I well, well, I think. Well, can, can I say, I think that this should be used by psychologists to help evaluate people. Like the houses, you know, if you self-identify as a Gryffindor, then that says a lot about you. So, I look forward to to the day when it's up in every psychologist's office. You know, a huge Hogwarts banner with the four houses, and then you pick one, and then they're like, "Hmm, interesting." Because they control the world, right, Jamie? Yes, they do, Laura. Yes, they do. Very good. Very good. They, they really do. do. The world. They do. They, no, with seriousness, they run our freaking world. They do. They, they honestly do. You think like, those guys charge, what, like 150 200 bucks an hour or whatever they yeah. do? Think about how much money that is. That's at least it's $10. $10. I'm going to sit in my basement <laughs> and make 150 to $200 an hour just talking to people. But- Amen. Well, no, you don't even talk. You just listen. You just listen. listen. You just listen. Yeah. How interesting. And pretend to write on a clipboard. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I think Jamie, we were going to have you do um some make the connections for us. Okay. You we got any? Up. Well, is everyone? I can make some up if everyone's feeling. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Do it. We're feeling adventurous. The, oh, the fans really miss it. They, they really okay. want you. I was trying to do it while you were gone, and I just. They really want you. I, oh, I'm sure yeah, they you really... did it well. I'm sure you did it well, Matt. It was all. Sure well. I just, yeah, it, okay. it, it it blew. Okay, okay, okay. Laura, you have to make a oh connection boy. between Harry Potter, obviously, and a fossilized mammal buying out the Fox TV network. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> fossilized. Did, a fossilized mammal, you said? Yes. Yeah, stop. Stop splitting hairs, Laura, and get on with it. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I guess it's kind of along the lines of Voldemort taking over the ministry because he was so old. I mean, he's like what a hundred and something. He's Isn't old. He? Yeah, or, yeah he, he's pretty old. Either he's way, old he's guy. old. Yeah, and, and he's basically taking over this huge industry that has such an effect on their world. So I think that would be it. It's good. Very good. Very quick. Very impressed. Um. Okay. Matt. Yes. Okay. You, sir, your challenge is to make a connection between Harry Potter and tripping over a set of stainless steel playing cards on the top of Trump Tower. Stainless steel. (laughs) We all know that Trump pretty much wants to be associated with everyone, and he read on one of the wizarding cards that he spent 200,000 pounds on to get a steel version of to play it with um, Neville Longbottom. But what he was intending to do was 
he was going to he was going to have Neville play with him on the very top of Trump Tower. And as he, Neville came up, he tripped over one of the steel Dumbledore or Wizarding cards and fell off the building. That's very but, good. But he can, ba- but he bounced, so it's okay. That's very good, Matt. But that's the story. That's not a connection. <laughs> there is no connection. How no. the hell can I make a connection with point, that? The whole point is to make a connection. You've just made up a story. Although I like your way of doing it. It shows drive. <laughs> initiative and feeling which are misplaced attributes in today's world so well done well isn't it my thing to never get this segment anyway yeah so pretty well much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright Micah yours is to um um make a connection between Harry Potter and a rare breed of leopard Opening a new terminal at O'Hare International Airport. This is in Chicago. No, I know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Jeez, I I, I was just really proud of myself for knowing that. Oh, okay. Well, it's a good job. Nice job. Um, a rare breed of leopard, huh? Yeah, an extremely rare breed of leopard. Well, then you could just compare it to uh, Crookshanks being able to uh, mysteriously open up the passage to the Shrieking Shack. That's uh, good. No, that's good. Very like good. I like that a lot, yeah. Crookshanks is sort of a rare breed, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, is. he is. Well, a clever cat like Well, he's that. part Neasel. Yep. All right, that's my job. I'm done tonight. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I still go back to I the one I'm... about Hedwig blowing up. I don't remember what you asked me to uh, make the connection on, but that was still my favorite one. What was that? You, you made some really cracked out connection about something blowing up, and I compared it to Hedwig. Exploring. Oh, I remember. That was awesome, yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, guys. Beautiful. All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode of MuggleCast. Well, thank God. Next week, I just want to let everyone know that Andrew will be back. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He'll be fresh out of the yeah. Twilight movie set to definitely come and discuss some of the interviews he had with the cast and crew of this movie. Shmovie. If he's not like over uh, on the Hannah Montana set or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, let's remind everyone about our contact information before we wrap up today. Um, Laura, if anyone wants to send anything to the P.O. Box, anything pickle-related – what do they do? Well, I don't know where they're going to send anything pickle-related, but if you want to send us some gold, you can send that to P.O. Box 3151, <laughs> Cumming, Georgia, 30028. If. <laughs> Are you going to keep going? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. All right, you can also call in at MuggleCast voicemail. We're going to get back to them soon, I promise. I'm sorry. I'm reading transcripts. <laughs> you are. Oh, my God. You're just supposed to get the yeah, numbers, please, Matt. Please, please, please. Do, this is what happens it. when Andrew isn't hosting the show. <laughs> All right, you can also call in and leave us a voicemail over Skype. Uh, you can do that on your Skype username, or you can call us with a few of our numbers. We have 121820 Magic if you're in the United States. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020 811 And if you're down under, you can call us at 028003 Please keep your question under 60 seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible. You can also visit us at mogulcast.com for our handy feedback form and contact any one of us. You can also use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Matt, you are now Matt at staff.mugglenet.com, right? I am. 
Who, you are. True. Excellent. Who do we have to pay off to get that, that email address? <laughs> Brent. Didn't we have, an, didn't we have another Matt at one point? <laughs> what? Yeah, we did. That's why I couldn't yeah. have it. No, yeah. I still can't. I can't have Matthew. It was just Matt. Yeah, Matt. Well, no one calls you Matthew. Anyway. I call you uh, Matthew. <laughs> Don't. Please. You can call me Maddie. No, because I can't oh, say that properly. Can, because... I, can I start calling you Matthew? What's your middle name, Matt? Thomas. Can I start calling you Matthew Thomas? Can I get mad at you? Mm, yeah, you can say Matthew Thomas or Matthew Tom. My mom does that. Matt Aww, Tom. That's cute. All right. Well, <laughs> also, don't forget about our community outlets. You can go to the MySpace, the Facebook, the YouTube, the Frapper, the Last FM, and the fan listing forums where a few of us are answering questions. I think that's what me, Matt, Andrew, Micah, have you been answering questions over there? Yeah, now and then I do. Yeah. 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 Jamie, Jamie, you need to go over there and okay, register for I an account. Do. An- no, no, some qu- I have an you're account. You're such a liar. I have an account. I have an account. Seriously, I do. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, I beg you. I beg you. <laughs> have a heart, Laura. Have a heart. <laughs> you know I don't have one of those, Jamie. I have a steel pump. It's far more efficient. <laughs> She's a girl. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me? What? Yeah, get quiet. That's what I thought. Oh, oh. Anyway, also please dig the show at dig.com. And uh, I don't think they can vote for us at Yahoo Podcasts anymore, can they? I think they got rid of that Yeah, feature. no, they got rid of it. Yeah, sorry. I'm reading from the episode 128 transcript because, you know, some people don't get the transcripts up in a timely manner. And what exactly so do you do for the show, Laura? <laughs> I'm here, Micah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm here. I know. Okay. I know, I know, I know. All right. We love joking and, around with each uh, other. Yeah. No, yeah whatever. Really. Anyway. Um, All right. Uh, I think that wraps things up. So uh, for this episode, I'm Laura Thompson, forever a feminist. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. I'm Matt Britton. And I'm Andrew Sims. We're going to see you all next week for episode 140. Uh, With our newly implemented uh, show program. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, Bye. 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 Whoa! Welcome, everyone. Pickleback, let's. God darn! <laughs> okay, one more time. Okay, well, let's. Um, Micah, do you want to introduce yourself? I did. He already did. Just be like, now. For the news, just I'm like, sorry. Now let's go over to Micah's oh. Anabomb. All right. I don't. <gasps> Well, now let's go over to Micah or the Muckle Dan. Blah, 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 blah. Well, well, you could say I'm back this Can week we because like uh, all the all the contest winners had been doing stuff for like the last. Oh yeah, you uh, can do that. Well, why don't you t- talk about the the contest? Well, he has. Why don't we do that after he does the news? All right. Well, let's just be okay, like we'll Micah Tannenbaum someone... is back after da, 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 like a just, month because yeah. Andrew did it for a while and then. Or Andrew did it for a week, then those two people did it, so I've been around. Who's the two people? They, we did a contest. We said we had them send in the news, and uh, oh, that's cool. Pe- people voted on who they thought was the best, and those two people did it for two weeks. Oh, that's cool! Awesome, yeah. awesome, revolutionary. <sighs> well, now let's take it over. No, oh, oh, sorry, I'm done. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. okay.
Um, let's take it over to Muggle. Damn, what's your name? <laughs> Micah. Micah. Yeah. We've met okay. before, I think. <laughs> now let's take it over. <laughs> we have at least once. Uh, okay. Get to know different people. So step up from. <laughs> oh my god! You're a Genius. giant. Genius. Genius. <laughs> For the record, I never brought him home to my parents. Okay. Ten points to me. I'm on the radio! I'm on the radio! <laughs> what? Who the. What the hell was that? Bye, Becca. Your who? Oh, is that is that is that your your neighbor who's apparently no, a big fan? No, that's a friend of mine. What's a what's a male feminist like? A person is it... a slave driver? <laughs> oh, that's um... so that's so <laughs> sexist, just Laura. Kidding. I'm just kidding. But wait, were you talking about like the male equivalent of know. a feminist or a man who is or, a feminist? I can see. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> Both. What well, are I would they? say that uh, I would say that we've had some very good examples of the male equivalent of a feminist throughout history. Masculinist. Um, yeah. That sounds there like a musician. Probably been quite a few of those. You know, they're really big on invading other people's countries. Oh, and, Laura, that is awful. <laughs> That's so sexist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying about you. I'm talking about masculinist. No, you, as you you can't say that the male equivalent. <laughs> Is chauvinistic. That's your claim. Well, it, it is. You, you know, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. Not, not really, but giggity. <laughs> Matt, right, do a family uh, guy impression. Yeah, yeah, I, I got. <laughs> no, do one, do wants... one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I think we can skip the next email. It's the same thing that we to? talked about. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we wanted to like. See, I thought this was this next email was actually kind of yeah, offensive. it's for because it's from a girl, isn't it, Laura? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like this. No, stuff. no, no, I said I thought it was offensive. Yeah, whatever, whatever. We know you're all in league with with each other. Yeah, yeah, we are. 